All right. How are you guys doing this morning? Good? Here's the thing. I, I grew up, I know we're not in the Southern Baptist Church, but I grew up Southern Baptist um, Christian Missionary Alliance. So, uh, you know, I, I feed off of your interaction with me. Amen? Amen? All right. There we go. That's a little better. And so, at the end of the day, if you feel like something you're hearing is something to say amen to, I want you to say amen. 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 Well, you know, I initially was going to approach this sermon like many pastors I grew up hearing and tell you how many times in Scripture gratitude is mentioned in the New Testament and Old Testament, and there are so many different numbers depending on the, on the um, translation. I decided to abort and not be fancy and just tell you a story. And so with that story, uh, what I want to tell you is I was uh, speaking to my older brother, and uh, he was talking about, uh, you know, my older brother is someone, if you must know, who, you know, was a devout follower of Jesus as a child and then decided to enter his wayward years for a good couple decades and came on home to faith. Amen? Amen. Anybody believe when Scripture says that when you raise up a child in the way they should go, they will not depart from it? Can I get an amen from anyone who knows the truth of the word? Let me, let me try that again. Anybody that really, really believes in the truth of God, securing your children in the faith, amen? amen. Okay. So with that being said, uh, my older brother is now back in, 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 a, in a church, a Bible-believing church. Key, key word there, Bible-believing. And, uh, he, uh, but he's at a church with a lot of charismatic people. Um, and I, and I don't want to denigrate, or um, my kids keep waving at me, so if you see my hands going up, I'm trying to like mix like speaking with my hands with waving at them, so just starting honestly, I'm trying to be slick, and I, even though I just told him myself. But my brother uh, is at this church uh, with uh, different saints that approach uh, passion for God differently. And uh, we got to talking about uh, how they were discussing prayer together at this Bible study in someone's home. And the, it, it, the, the conversation turned to how mad some of the Bible study uh, people were at God. Not just mad at God, furious for not answering their prayers. Some were fur- furious over a lack of a new romantic partner that they're waiting on God for. Don't say Amen. Okay, there you go. Thank you, son. It's a little too early for that, but okay. Some were mad at the death of a loved one. Others were just mad because it wasn't when they wanted him to answer. Well, friends, I must tell you, God answers prayers. Nice. God answers prayers, and he not only answers prayers, but often answers them in at least three ways. Yes, yes. Not yet, and no. But people of God, is the Father still worthy of all of our praise, even when he says no? Amen. What does the scripture say? Our source text for today is Lamentations 3, 22 to 23. This is how it reads according to the NIV. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. Say never. Never. They are new every morning, for great is your faithfulness. That's a real fun verse, amen? But what's really fascinating is that it's in the context of a book entitled Lamentations. 
Lamentations is not the word that you use at Disney World. It's not a word you use at Kennywood. Lamentations is the kind of words that you use for someone about to go through chemo. Lamentations is the word used for people navigating hospice. Lamentations is the word you use for someone that isn't coming to holiday dinner ever again. Lamentations is a book about suffering. Not just any suffering, but a contextual suffering that happened to the people of God. Anybody know the story of Daniel? Yes, thank you. Anybody know the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Yes, well, all those stories happened after what Lamentations recounts, the fall of Jerusalem by the Babylonians. Lamentations walks through five chapters of different poetry of all the ways that people are navigating and longing for the movement of God and wondering, where were you? Today, as, as much as I decided to embrace the challenge, we're going to talk about gratitude in the face of suffering. We're going to talk about the perspective that gratitude brings us through three different experiences of God. We're going to talk about God's character, God's promises, and God's goodness. The other night, uh, I had the privilege of reading my son a book, and before, you know, I go up there and he decides to take 10 minutes to pick a book, I said, why don't you go ahead of me and go pick a book for me to read to you before bed? The beloved stinker that he is, that I love with my whole heart, he picked two. I told him to pick one. He picked two, so I said, all right. I obliged him the extra book. The extra book that he chose was Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Do you know the story? <laughs> For those of you that know the story well, I'll give a simple overarching review. Goldilocks, and by the way, one gripe I have to say, isn't it interesting that the, that the intruder almost villain of the book, is the headliner of the story. But that's a whole other worthy conversation that's not in the sermon. But Goldilocks and the Three Bears, the, the, these wonderful bears, this wonderful family, Big Bear, Middle Bear, and Baby Bear, they make porridge. Now, I don't know about you, but when I make my oatmeal and porridge, I put all kinds of fun stuff in. I got berries in there. I got brown sugar in there. You know what I'm talking about? You make it worthwhile because it's, you know, otherwise it's just bland. You turn it up. Well, it was so hot, they decided, they decided hey, let's go on a walk. We're going to go on a walk until it cools down. So we're not only going to savor good porridge, we're going to savor the goodness of creation. So they walk around in the forest, but unbeknownst to them while they're gone, a little blonde girl who don't know where she's from, we just know she's found her way here, breaks in, trespasses, not only steals things, but like, it's, it's like the thief that comes to your house and makes himself a sandwich. It's like, wait, what? Like, and, 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 and not only tries out their, their, their favorite chairs, their favorite beds, and breaks them or messes them up, but even not just tries the porridge of B Big Bear, not just tries the porridge of Middle Bear, but eats every drop of Baby Bear's food. Can you imagine a thief coming to your house and eating all your, your, your baby food? 
like all of it, and, like, and left the wrapper, you'd be like, wait, what? Well, so too were the bears when they returned home, because the bears returned home, and they found the, the chairs ruined. Oh, and then they found the porridge eaten and messed with. Oh, no. And then they went searching through the house, and they found their beds disheveled. Oh, and there they found Goldilocks. And what's fascinating is that the, 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 the denizens of the home are shocked at the intruder, but as soon as the intruder sees the bears, she's the one who's afraid and runs. When she's the intruder, what happens? Well, at the end of the book, uh, there is some chagrin by the bears and some gratitude that they're still together. Uh, but the funny thing about gratitude is that it gives perspective. For many of us, if we were the bears, we would be a little furious. Man, my day is ruined. We, you know, we got to check every corner of the house now for more Goldilockses. Or, you know, I got to buy a new security system. Or there would be some anxiety, yes? Amen? Well, the funny thing about gratitude and the perspective sharing that it gives is, and again, my son's book did not say this, but I thought to myself as I was preparing for the sermon, thank God she never checked the cupboard for their stores of honey. Perspective. Perspective. Friends, gratitude keeps us from the many, many ills that come with the internalizations of our wounds. Because often when we're wounded or going through loss or suffering, it can minimize our perspective by the four walls of our perception. You see, it's like using a rearview mirror to drive. What's that front thing called? The windshield? Can you imagine being like Mater from Cars? I have a five-year-old, so I know this reference well. Um, and driving backwards with just your rear view. Now, yes, Lightning McQueen got away with it in a big NASCAR race, but uh, I wouldn't recommend it with your kids in the car. You realize that this keeps us from getting hung up on lack and scarcity when we're grateful, when we get hung up on the limiting lens of the rear view. It can lead people to what I like to call stinking thinking. You ever meet someone that they have one thing go bad in their day or week and now nothing is good? You ever know a sibling or a friend that every time you talk to them, everything stinks. Everything is bad. Everything is wrong with their world. Amen? Or maybe if you don't say amen, maybe it's you. (laughs) Thanks for laughing. Here's the thing. I have a family member who's just like this. Every time something goes wrong, every time something goes wrong, they get into stinking thinking. And it's like this stuckness mentally where they can't get out of just seeing the world through thorn-covered lenses. Nothing is good. Nothing to be thankful for. And I always want to say to this family member, why don't you give the Lord a shout of praise? Raise your voice at the goodness of God that you draw breath or the many goodnesses that you know that you cannot see. But does that mean that the hard times go away? By no means. 
The funny thing about gratitude is that it not only, as the people in the book of Lamentations realize, that it doesn't mean that hard times won't stick around for a time, but it does ensure that the hard times don't harden you. Amen? When loss and trials come, we can often perceive the pain of it so deeply that we lose perspective. And that is good and fine for a season, but gratitude pairs our perception of loss with the perspective of God's character. Let's take a moment to see some of his promises. Not just his character, but his promises. In Philippians 4, 6-7, anybody know the scripture? Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition and with thanksgiving, Make your request known to God. And the peace of God, what? That surpasses all understanding will do what? Guard your heart and mind in who? Christ Jesus. God has many promises in his word. I've chosen just one in Philippians 4, 6-7. But as we utilize gratitude and utilize the perspective that it brings, that God promises that the peace of God will guard you. I don't know if anyone is into uh, anime or, you know, or cartoons, but, you know, if, if maybe you watched Power Rangers as a kid or Transformers or Powerpuff Girls. I, I did enjoy a, a good episode of Powerpuff Girls. But imagine some superhero you grew up on standing guard at your car while you're in church or standing guard at your room while you sleep. You see, gratitude in Philippians 4, 6, and 7 doesn't just act as a shield, but it, it also means that we don't stop asking and, and beseeching God for assistance. Not only is the peace of God an amazing promise, but it is, it is more soothing than any pharmaceutical drug or narcotic. Not only is God's promises a gift, but God's goodness as well. Do you recall the, the, the Bible study attendees of my older brother? Again, yeah, what if God didn't say yes? Yes, nor not yet, regardless of which of these, sometimes not yet is because we are in a season of discipline. As it says in Hebrews 12, 11, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Again, Thank you, Lord, for your discipline, because it means I'm still your child. Agent Rogers talks about trouble in a way that trouble can be used by God as a correcting ministry, that the Father is able to keep you, even if that means that he needs to discipline you. Pastor uh, Ansel, I don't know how you call him, C.A., C-Money, I don't know, but... <laughs> But he mentioned how, how foolish and, and stupid sheep are. Uh, it is not uncommon for a sheep that loves to jump in the same ditch when it's time to move the herd that the, sh the shepherd will do something unique. That the shepherd will actually break the bone of the leg of a sheep. That is obviously painful, but it's for its good. Because not only will it break its leg, but it will hold the sheep near it by carrying the sheep, adding to the shepherd's burden as he travels. So that not only will the, will the sheep learn more closely the shepherd's voice, but learn more of an attachment to him. 
so that when the leg heals and it's able to walk again, it will stay with the herd, and particularly the shepherd. Again, gratitude does not mean we don't go through hard times. And sometimes your difficult times are not the devil, it's not the hardness of the world, it's God. But it also means that as we hold on to who he is, that his goodness will prevail. And that though we go through hard times, that those hard times will not harden us. Amen? You know, there's many times we don't rely on the peace of God to sustain us. There's many times that we revert to old indulgences, old vices, to bypass the stress and pain of suffering, burnout, broken relationships, fragmented families, and even bad news. I don't have to belabor the point, but for many adults, you learn a vice or two because of the stress of life. You don't have to say amen. I'll amen myself. I got plenty of amens in my pocket for that one. But the thing is that sometimes these hard times can cause us to stray like that sheep. But remember, dear saint, that secure in the palm of the Father's hand is the Son, Jesus Christ. And firm in the embrace of Christ is you and me. And nothing can loose you and me from his hold. Amen? That God's Holy Spirit confirms in us that we were bought with a great, great price that we sung about. And there's nothing that can wrench us from a God that would pay the ultimate price to have us. Amen? So yes, even God's discipline is a part of his goodness. I don't know about you, but have you ever been in a storm in life where you look left, look right, ahead, up and down, and you can see no way out? Maybe it's debt. Maybe it's grief. Maybe it's depression. Maybe it's loss. Maybe it's something else I'm not naming. But if any of you have raised children, you know what this is like. When my sweet mother adopted my twin brother and I, she was navigating not just my dad, who was using vices and indulgences to bypass his pain through alcohol, but my dad never even changed a diaper, and I love my dad. So my mom, with a a 10-year-old son and two twin boys and a full-time job, was navigating my dad and him not navigating his stress as well as two twin children. Now, for some of you folks that are young, you don't know what that's like, but any adult in the room, I see some smirks. That's a lot of work. Not only that, she was an underappreciated full-time educator at an elementary school that was failing in, uh, in Broward County, Florida. And, uh, oh, I forgot to mention, I was colicky, and I didn't sleep through the night till four. Yeah. Mama went through some tough times. Talk about seeing no way out. But through the long hours of work, the sleepless nights, and navigating their firstborn son, seeking attention, and two twin boys that barely slept, my mother prayed. And she was not consumed by it. Praise God. To this day, she celebrates the goodness of God by advocating for um, the church that is being persecuted in the 1040 window. I had a privilege of being with her just the other week, um, interacting with them. Anybody remember um, on the news seeing uh, a a wife advocating for their husband who was being tortured for Christ, a preacher in Iran? Do you remember this? It was all over the news. Um, My mother uh, built a relationship with her, and I had the privilege of meeting her just last Sunday. 
and getting a copy of her book. Uh, because my mother has become so well-known, and I'm not trying to, it's not about her, it's about God, but she's been so well-known for continuing the work when people are no longer in the headlights of the media. She was not consumed. Amen? Anyone getting a higher education or navigating college, college degrees may feel overwhelmed by your coursework in addition to all the things students juggle, like not just their studies, but roommates, rent, amen, <laughs> jobs, plural, relationships, and the potential of jobs and internships you need to procure but are never guaranteed. They all want experience. No matter where you find yourself, we have all had storms where we can't see our way out. Yet the goodness of God can still be known by you in the land of the living as the psalmist David beseeched God. Throughout the Psalms, even in James 1.17, it's, it's written, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. I don't know about you, but it gets me excited about God. Can I get an amen from somebody that knows a God that doesn't change on them? Anybody ever date someone? Anybody ever been heartbroken by a crush? Amen? Okay, y'all getting quiet now. Anybody ever been heartbroken? People change, right? People switch out on you, right? Not God, amen? I expect a little more energy than that. Amen, people of God. In this season of holiday celebration, we often uh, don't just draw near to the sweet nostalgia of those that maybe didn't switch out on us this year. But we're often reminded of what we have lost, who we have lost. A few years ago, um, I'm adopted, but I got, had the privilege of meeting my biological little brother and little sister uh, at, uh, in, I think, in like t- uh, 2000, I want to say 11, uh, 2011, 2010, and I had the privilege of meeting my biological Cuban family, and it was a sweet connection, and, uh, and seeing the quirks of my little brother and little sister that ran through me that I would, I'm ashamed to name, <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, that is us. Well... A couple years ago, um, I buried my little brother. This season of uh, Thanksgiving has, is, is full of excitement, but also grief. Who of you two know loss? Who of you amongst us also knows such pain? Whether you nod or not, God knows who you are, and he sees your pain. And the goodness of God has not ceased through these hard times because of loss. But because of loss, his goodness can become more clear. What does it say in Romans 8.28? Anyone know? And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Verse 29, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he, verse 30, those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. Amen? Look, you may be tired to say amen, but I'm never tired of saying amen to the goodness of God. Here's the thing. I may have lost my brother, but by the grace of God and the blood of Jesus Christ, I will see him again. 
Perception, perspective. Perspective does not nullify my grief. It elevates it and pairs it with hope. Lest we forget that God never promised you or I a smooth sailing, but in Christ Jesus, by the blood and resurrection, he guarantees a soft landing. But Michael, how can both the bitterness, the bitter cold of human burden and suffering be held while the other hand holds on to gratitude? Well, I'm glad you asked. You see, my older brother and all of his malarkey and um, foolishness made sure to do one thing when I was a child, two things. He would always tell me, do as I say, never as I do. And he would always try to get me to learn SAT words. I was five, six, he would play these SAT prep CDs for me. He would take me on rides in the car. It would be like the only time I got with him one-on-one. And since dad was scarce, it was kind of, you know, like a father figure, being 10 years my senior. More like, like a father than an older brother. And I would always learn words. But it was this, it, and I cherished it because it was my time with just Ted. And that love for words has, has stayed. And because of that love for words, I found a word I want to share with you, dear saint. A, a word that I believe captures some of the beauty and terror of what the people of uh, navigating the Book of Lamentations had to hold on to. It's a beautiful word that comes from the Latin root word, apricus. In English, the word is apricity, and this word simply means the warmth of the sun in the dead of winter. Can you picture that? Can you remember what it's like when you just em embrace the warmth of the sun? Okay, fall is fine, but the dead of winter. I remember that there were times when I first came up to, when I'm from Florida, so this coldness is, y'all can have it, okay? But I, I married a beautiful Pittsburgh woman and she told me we're staying, so that's why I'm here now. <laughs> But as I've stayed here, I've found these moments where my, my son has, has caught me um, laying in the house, windows open, in shorts, <laughs> sunbathing. And he's like, Dad, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm just trying to catch some vitamin D, son. But when it's winter and cold and you got the heater running, but you still feel the nip of Jack Frost. There's something good about putting your feet in direct sunlight. There's something good about feeling the heat of the sun on your face. Amen? This word, apricity, what a beautiful word. You see, gratitude is like peeling back the clouds on a cold, bitter day and remembering the sun, that is a double entendre, that rose above the clouds, and despite the blocked view of these clouds and the cold, continues to shine and remind you of the warmth of the goodness that it brings and will bring. You see, perception can always allow us to forget that none of our stories end in storm. Because the blood of Jesus covers us 
and binds us to God Almighty through the work on the cross that is Jesus Christ and his resurrection. Where's my amen? amen? Gratitude can give us a divine clarity and perspective of God's character, a perspective of God's promises and a perspective of God's goodness. That doesn't mean we have to forget the perception of our pain. This divine clarity assures us, look at your neighbor and say, no ifs, ands, or buts. It assures us that our story ends different than it started. And that your story ends different than it's going now. Again, Michael, does gratitude mean we forget our present suffering? By no means. James 1.4 says, let perseverance finish its good work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Why, why would we need to persevere? Despite all of this, we must endure. Because as our source text comes from the book of Lamentations, there is a tension that the book of Lamentations ends in. Again, the people of God in Lamentations are in the midst of going from a destroyed city, mountains of horror around death and destruction, and exile, and God only knows what awaits them as slaves. At the end of the book of Lamentations, it does not tie a good bow on the end like the Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It does not tie a good bow on the end like the movies Cards 1, 2, and 3. At the end of Lamentations, it ends with a tension, not a resolution. It ends with two thoughts in chapter 5. O Lord, you reign as king forever. Promise and praise of God's character and goodness. And then it ends with this. Did you forget about us? Did you forsake us? What a paradox. Lamentations is poetry after the fall of Israel. But the reality of perseverance means that we are holding on to these very two things. Our present hope and our present suffering. So, with that said, I was going to end with this verse, but instead I'm going to end with a verse shared by Pastor C. Money. I don't know. I'm still trying to find which, which sticks. May my cry come before you, O Lord. Give me understanding according to your word. Again, remember this tension Lamentations ends in. God, you are almighty, and did you forget about me? May my supplication come before you. Deliver me according to your promise. May my lips overflow with praise, for you teach me your decrees. May my, song, may my tongue sing of your word, for all your commands are righteous. May your hand be ready to help me, for I have chosen your precepts. I long for your salvation, Lord, and your law gives me delight. I have strayed like a lost sheep. Seek your servant. For I have not forgotten your commands. Again, just like the end of Lamentations, we see in Psalm 119, this tension, not resolution, as we all wait upon the Lord. But as you wait to persevere, give thanks. Because the truth of God's deliverance is already, but not yet. And the apricity in the midst of winter reminds us of the summer that soon comes with his glory. 
Thanks be to God.